Welcome to an all-new episode of the Fast Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Cummins, at Logan Cummins on Twitter. On today's episode, I'll try to make friends with Tulsa Police Department Homicide Detective Jason White faster than I will be at line in Taco Bell for the Mexican pizza to return. Hi, I'm Logan Cummins. I'm a former pro wrestling creative, a mediocre stand-up comedian, and a ranch-dressing aficionado who lives beyond my means. This is my weekly podcast where I set out to make friends with each and every one of my guests. Sometimes it works. Other times, not so much. Detective White, welcome to the Fast Friends Podcast. Thanks, Logan. Appreciate being here. Of course, I'm. I'm super pumped to have you. Um, do you? How, what should I refer to you as? I don't want to be disrespectful. Do like, what's the best way to like? Sh- no. is Detective White. That's a lot to say, but I'm happy to say it. <laughs> no, you can call me Jason. Okay. All right. How's your week going this week? Well, it's been a really busy week, actually. So we've been uh, we've been kind of tasked with several murders, and they're all somewhat linked. So it's been a Ooh. It's been an interesting week, yeah, to say the least. All right. Um, I'll give you just a quick overview of the premise. So the first round is called the fast forward round. One thing um, that I should call out is that I'm setting a timer on my uh, phone now because I could talk for 20 hours. Uh, So what I'm going to do is set a timer for 20 minutes. I'll call it 20-ish minutes. Um, Not a hard and fast rule, but I'll try to get as much as I can out of you in that 20-ish minutes for the first round. Okay. The second round is called Five for Five. It's named after an Arby's culinary deal from the 1990s where you get five classic roast beef sandwiches for $5. Um, they're not a sponsor, <laughs> but their food is delicious. Um, so I have five questions prepped for you. You get to ask me five questions as well. And then we'll play the Fast Friends Fortune Teller, which will reveal an activity. Um, and we'll end with a friend request. So we'll jump right into the fast forward round. All right. Sounds like a busy day. It's very busy. Very busy. So structured. So formal. Uh, you know. Nothing casual here. Um, I'm setting my timer now, and awesome. Okay, so my first question for you is, um, I know that when you were young, you lived in California. Were you born in California as well? I was. I was born in San Jose, California. Okay, and then did you, um, at at some point you ended up in L.A., correct? Is that? I did. You know, we, 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 born in San Jose, lived in that area when I was a little kid, and then we moved up to a place between Lake Tahoe and Sacramento up in the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Okay. A place called uh, Sutter Creek Volcano, California area. And I lived there. My dad ended up getting on with the California Highway Patrol. Okay. And back then, back in the early 70s, essentially most people that would go through the academy, they would uh, get shipped to Los Angeles. And that's oh. where we ended up living for uh several years and then we ended up back up in north carol uh northern california to virtually the same area up in sutter creek california so we lived there until 1982 and that's when we ended up moving to oklahoma to okay so that's that's the connection to oklahoma what um i know you have one brother at least do you have any more siblings or is it just the two of you Nope, uh, just my brother, and he is my younger brother. He's about six and a half years younger than I am. He's an attorney. He was uh, basically up until just probably last week, he was the first assistant for Cleveland County, which is where OU is, Norman, Oklahoma. Okay. And now he's he's basically like the the top legal guy of uh, the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics. Oh, okay. He's worked there two other times before, so this is his third stint so basically you have two brothers that are both 
involved in the criminal justice world to some extent. And at least with some portion of that in narcotics. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know by, I think if my research is again, is correct. So correct me if I'm wrong on any of this stuff, but I think it was around age five where you, um, had some exposure to, um, I think you've, I've heard you attribute a book, the book Helter Skelter and like sort of this exposure to the Manson murders and then, um, living close to like the Sharon Tate house. And you said like, just seeing the the house, uh, if, if I'm recalling this correctly was like. You, it it kind of told you like yes this I want to be a homicide detective in that moment. What was it that drew you into homicide? First, yeah, am I correct? But second, <laughs> if so, what was it that drew you in? Well, you're you're definitely correct. I mean that that was uh that book came out in 1974. It's it's written it was written by Vincent Bugliosi, who was a who was the prosecutor on that case on the Manson murders. And when that book came out, my parents were reading it, and we lived, at that time, we lived at, off of uh, Van Nuys Boulevard in, in Sherman Oaks. And that's just literally where, where we lived in an apartment. Uh, it's kind of cool because we had, there was four apartments in this fourplex, uh, is, so to speak, and three of the four apartments were highway patrolmen. Okay. So it was a pretty safe place. Yeah. But uh, you know, of course, all of the wives they knew one another very well, and 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 the husbands, of course, knew one another. Yeah. And my parents were reading the book, and and it was one of those things where, at least how my memory, how my memory is, and my parents haven't corrected me on this, is that uh, I remember my dad basically saying to my mom, you know, don't be going up to that house, <laughs> and looking around. And this is this is pre Google Maps. Sure. And so. Uh, <laughs> He went to work, and then she went. <laughs> she went across the hall to uh, one of the other highway patrolmen's wives, and said, "Let's run up to, uh, let's let's go try to find that house." And so we did. And I, I got into the car. I remember going up to that house, and and back then there were still there were still hippies running around in in the Hollywood Hills. And uh, we we drove up there. It was kind of spooky because I yeah. remember you know we would get on a some of those roads up there. You know, people are staring at you and and wondering what you're doing up there and stuff like that. And and uh, but I do remember going up to the gates of the house and and seeing the corner of the house and listening to them talk and and it was uh, relatively spooky. And then in addition to that, of course, the not long after that, the Hillside Stranglers started running around Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So really, between a combination of both of those events, I just remember as a little kid, just kind of thinking, ah, that would be that'd be kind of interesting. I think I I might want to be a homicide detective. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I would sneak peeks in the book and, and this, that, and the other <laughs> kind of an interesting side note is, is Vincent Bugliosi actually, he had actually reached out to me once and, and called me at home when I was in college. And so I was lucky enough to, to speak to him for probably 20 minutes. And he had wrote a book about, about OJ Simpson, which was called outraged. And I wanted to talk about Helter Skelter and he was more interested in talking about outraged that book that he had written on that. But, uh, what, what, you know, it was really an honor to be able to speak with him. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I've heard you say in, in other, um, talks like that, that sort of like reignited your, uh, your passion or like desire to be involved in, in, as a homicide detective, you know, later down the road. Um, a very irreverent question related to this. Uh, obviously, one of the attorneys in that was Robert Kardashian. Do you have a favorite Kardashian? Probably him, actually. <laughs> uh, I, Great I answer. Mean, in reality, I know, and I know he's dead, but uh, yeah. probably him. You know, yeah. and and even in that that remake, that doc, yeah. that series that came out, which I thought they did an exceptional job as far as the actors and stuff. 
And you know what I'm talking about. I think it was on Netflix. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but but uh, I thought that the actor played him, which was I think it was David Schwimmer, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, I thought he did an excellent job, and and I really, if that story is true, <laughs> my heart kind of went out to him because I I felt like he was probably put in a really some some precarious situations. Yeah. Uh, being O.J. Simpson's Simpson's attorney and such, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely a combination of all of those events. Uh, certainly had a, it gave me an interest in to do what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. As far as other events like OJ and, of course, the Oklahoma City bombing and probably Waco to some extent also, mm. where that was like a 51-day standoff. I think that those events really uh, got me back on track, so to speak, because you know how it is, you know, you're going to college, you're going to school or, or high school or whatever, and your lives just take so many different paths. And yeah, and that's what happened to me. So I just happened to uh, refocus yeah. what I really wanted to do. And, and that's why I went that, that route. Well, c- because you got your start in, in working in um, like medicine, right? After high school? I did. I, you know, a month after high school, I'd already gotten my emergency medical technician, which is basically like an ambulance guy. Mm-hmm. And there's just no one. Nobody would hire you. I mean, they want you to have experience, and it was kind of it's kind of one of those things. that's crazy, you know, with any job when you're starting out out of high school, that they want you to actually have experience. But how in the heck are you going to get experience unless somebody's going to give you a chance? Yep. Someone's got to give you your break. Yeah. They 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 need to. And and oddly enough, kind of one of the the things I'm I'm a huge advocate for the Explorer programs that that exist out there. And what it is is that if you're 14 years or older. 14 to 18, basically, it allows you to be exposed to real life occupations. Okay. And so at 14 years old, my mom, my mom uh, worked for the Oklahoma City Fire Department. Uh, she ended up retiring there as a major, but she, she worked there. And one of the things that she told me about, she goes, hey, there's this program for kids that's basically called the Explorers. Mm-hmm. And they meet at the fire stations. They actually get bunker gear, you know, the coat and the helmet, and they actually get called out on major like three three alarm or greater fires. Wow! And they go out and they help the firefighters, and they actually roll the fire hose for them and such. And I was like, that is exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a short time, and we would meet at the various police or fire stations rather, and it ended up disbanding, and unfortunately, and then. Basically, there was another Explorer post that I'd happen to come across, and it was for Baptist Medical Center, which is like a city of a hospital. Honestly, this place is huge. And they had a search and rescue team, and I remember I was kind of kind of sad by the by the other unit basically disbanding. And then they asked me, they said, hey, do you want to, are you interested in being an Explorer? And I was like, yeah, I know a little bit about it. I'm absolutely interested. And because of that, that's what kind of led me down the road to actually get a job in the medical field because we had toured the burn center, which is located at Baptist Medical Center. It's the fourth largest burn center in the country. And after getting rejection after rejection, they uh, somebody had suggested to me and they said, hey, how about the burn center? I know they have a hard time keeping people. And so I was like, I think it sounds great. And so I had applied for them. And, and actually, I remember one of the things that I had, had done that was relatively unique as far as an applicant is I'd actually provided them with a resume. You would think that a lot of these nurses would have provided them with a resume. And so here I was, I showed up, I'm 18 years old, a month out of high school, been working at McDonald's, and I hand them this resume that's got things on there like junior varsity baseball, Spanish club, Mm -hmm. (laughs) working at McDonald's (laughs) and all these things. 
and I had it in one of those uh, really kind of, you, you remember when you would do a book report for high school and you had it with that clear cover on it, that clear cover? Absolutely. And so I handed it to her and she read through that, the nurse, the head nurse, and she goes, uh, I'm really impressed and I think I'm going to give you a chance. And then so I went home and and uh, they offered me an occasional part-time position with no benefits and I countered back with, no, it'll be a full-time position with benefits. And my parents are kind of laughing in the background when they're hearing me on the phone talking to her later. <laughs> and uh, the rest is history. I ended up starting there right after that. And I ended up working there for a total of six years, both full-time and kind of on an on-call basis. But uh, it was a really, really incredible job Yeah, uh, where I had a lot of responsibility. I feel like there are so many things where it's like must have – yeah, it'll be like entry-level position, must have three to five years experience. And you're like – that's not entry level. That's <laughs> that's three years three years minimum of experience. Like those are not the same thing. Yeah, and that was back in a different time. Yeah, where it was really hard to get a job in in anything really medical. It was a tough it was a tough time to get a job anywhere really. Yeah, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit to to getting your start in the police department. Um, I know you've you've been at Tulsa Police Department for a while and have held like a variety of positions there, like everything from a uniform patrol to we referenced narcotics earlier. Um, and it's been, I think around and correct me on this 12 ish years in the hom in homicide specifically. Yeah, actually I, I started, uh, I've been on the department for about 23 and a half years when J July here in July, I'll, will have been on for 24 years. Everybody for the most part throughout the country, everybody works the streets for a minimum of three years. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the standard number. For me, I worked the streets for the first four years of my career, and then from there, I started working in, I, I was accepted to another position, which was a plainclothes investigator position for the uh, street crimes unit in one section of the city. So therefore, a lot of naked massages and buying street-level drugs and things along that nature. And so from there, I went to the special investigations division, which is basically like a small step up from that where it's just narcotics. And then after that, uh, I, I asked to go, well, I went back out to the field and then I asked to be put in like the most Southern part of the city to where I wouldn't even see drugs anymore. And they stuck me in one of those areas of the city that is purple where they point out the crime. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> they stuck me in one of the absolute <laughs> ghettos of the city. And then, so I worked there, uh, and then somebody had ended up asking me if I was interested in becoming a school resource officer, okay. which I was not, <laughs> but, uh, I, <laughs> I ended up doing that and actually it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good experience actually. Yeah. It's probably one of those jobs on a police department where you actually, you actually have an opportunity to change people's lives for a positive way. And then from there. I, uh, there was a position that, that came up that, uh, was for crime scene. There was actually one that came up for crime scene, the one for child crisis. And, and my, my goal at that point was still to get to homicide eventually. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I went in and I remember I was talking to the captain that was, uh, kind of making the decisions and, and he goes, well, where do you want to end up? And I said, well, I want this, this child crisis job. I mean, because they work murders and stuff. They work murders of kids and, he goes, well, ultimately, where do you want to end up? And I said, I want to end up in homicide. And he goes, well, if homicide's where you want to go, you need to go over to crime scene. And if you want the job, it's yours. And it's a graveyard shift, which is nights. Oh, yeah. And I said, I will do that, and I will gladly take that position as long as you don't forget about me. Because yeah. working nights, you're not around the administration at all. 
And so that's where I began my path to start getting rejected for homicide. <laughs> when I would apply for it, and then I wouldn't get it. And then I'm, you know, and then so eventually on the third attempt, I ended up getting into homicide where I've been for about 12 and a half years. So okay. that's a long answer to your to your question. But that's basically where I've been. I'm coming up in August. It'll be 13 years. So I've been there a very long time. Third time's a charm, I guess, for homicide. Well, the funny, the funny thing is, I got to tell you, so I, when I was doing my interview in reference to that, I, I kind of was... Deep down, probably a little disgruntled because I hadn't been chosen already, mm-hmm. and I, I, I really, I didn't put in for it. And so finally, the boss he knew I was he knew I was really interested in it, and he called me. He called me up and he goes, "Hey, what's the deal? You know, why haven't you put in for this? Da 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 da, and all this stuff." And I said, "To tell you the truth, man, I'm not really interested in getting rejected for yet a third time, and I'm thinking about maybe putting an application into sex crimes or." child crisis and that's when he's like quit being stupid and put an application in and i did and then uh i i kind of went into that interview with the uh i I really wasn't that nervous about it because i was like if they don't pick me then it's the biggest mistake they've ever made in their life that's what i was thinking in my mind and yeah (laughs) whether that be true or not you know what i mean but but that's what i that's what i told that's what i told myself and i and i went in there and i remember and this happens all the time in our police department. I don't want to go on here, but I will tell you this, that usually, you know, you have to interview for these positions. And, and sometimes these interviews last anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. And it drives me crazy because you're like, how in the world, some of these guys that apply for these positions, you don't really know who they are. How in the world are you going to make a decision that's really a good decision if you're only taking 15 to 20 minutes to interview this guy? So yeah, I remember they went through the questions and the general standardized questions and such and, and, uh, and and I think that I remember them saying something along the lines of, "Oh, okay, well we're we're done." And they they got done a little early. They actually called me in a little early, so so they called me in like twenty minutes early. And I said, uh, "They said, yeah, we're we're done." And I said, "No, I don't think we are done. I'm going to get my money's worth, and so are you. We're going to continue <laughs> to talk about who I am and 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 how I'm the right choice for this position." And that's that's how I I handled that interview. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that to anybody, but uh, it worked for me. It worked out, yeah. So you guys, your team, your detective team also we did hit our 20-ish minutes but i'm uh, i have a couple more questions so <laughs> apologies to listeners because i'm just going to keep rambling for a few minutes um you guys are really highly successful on your case solve rate and i think uh, you know i've heard and i know from other fa- people that watch the show it's it's very obvious that you guys work really well together as a unit like teamwork um how do you test or like check for personality or fit when you're interviewing like a new perspective detective for the team? That is, you know, I'm glad you said that because that's actually something I kind of harp on in the office all the time. I, I'm not really, it's not really up to me and nobody really cares what I have to say, honestly, when it comes <laughs> to selection process. But but if it was up to me and it's something that I'm always kind of harping on with respect to to the other detectives is that... I'm not really interested what a candidate looks like on paper. I'm interested in somebody that's going to come into our unit that is trainable and is a team player. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't care to hear about what they've done and what they know. And I certainly don't want to hear about what they, how they did it in another unit. When you come into our unit, we're, I I would say that we're relatively successful at what we do. I mean, if you think about the numbers since 2016, we've had roughly in the ballpark area of about 460 homicides in the city of Tulsa since 2016. 2016 is a is the year that I love to start with because in that year we had a record year of homicides in the city of Tulsa, which was 82. It's the most that the city has ever had. Out of those 82, we solved every one of them. Wow. 
from there, if you take the 460 some odd homicides, we've probably solved roughly 440 of those, which comes out to about 96% clearance rate. Wow. And teamwork, you said it yourself, the teamwork, teamwork makes the dream work. And if you get somebody in our unit of these 10 people that just doesn't seem to mesh with the others, uh, I, I, I can handle somebody that is struggling as long as they're a person that is determined, that they're interested in staying late, that they, if you need something, they're on it, and they're asking you what you need as opposed to you having to track them down and ask them to go do something. Mm-hmm. So the chemistry, in my opinion, is probably the most important thing as far as the chemistry of our success, really. And so that's that's really the thing that I continue to harp on. And I, we, you know, I'll tell you right now, uh, Logan, if you, if you were, if you were to just right now, you've watched us on TV forever, right? Mm-hmm. We've been on there for seven or eight years. And for the most part, it's pretty much the same detectives. There's, there's been a few sprinkled in there and such, but right now we're on the verge of probably half of our unit being new where we're going to lose about half of our unit within the next year, year and a half. And I, I, I'm not one of them, but, but we're on the, literally on the verge of losing half of our unit. Which, and that scares me because you get one guy in there that's some tool yeah. or, you know, you, ne- you never know what you're going to get ultimately. And, and then on top of it, it's really difficult to get people to want to do this job because, as I say, oftentimes this is a lifestyle, not necessarily a, a job. You know what I mean? This is, sure. this, is, this is the number one sometimes. My last question in this first round for you is um, I wanted to just do a quick word association. It's obviously you guys are very close, uh, everyone in the department. But if I like name another officer, what can you tell me like the first thing that comes to mind when I say their name? Sure. <laughs> so Justin Ritter is first. Tenacious. Okay. Uh, like a, like, I mean, just absolutely tenacious. Uh, I know he's, I know he's retired, but Dave Walker. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> a workaholic, mm. basically. I, I, I would say that he was somebody that, uh, he's the kind of, he was the kind of guy that would have his radio going at home. Uh, it would probably be on his counter and his night, you know, next to his bed where he's literally listening <laughs> to, to what's going on wow. on on the streets. And I don't, I don't think there's anybody else in our unit that's really doing that stuff. But uh, so I would definitely easily, easily say workaholic. Okay. Uh, Nate Schilling. Incredibly, or he's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. He is uh, the type of individual that if he doesn't know how to do something, he's going to read it. He's going to read about it and he's going to be very, very capable of that task after reading about it. He's he he's one of those kind of guys that can watch a YouTube video on something and the next thing you know he's rebuilding an engine. Uh, okay. One of those. He's yeah, one yeah. of those. Yeah. And and he's super smart. Super smart. Sometimes a negative Ned <laughs> <laughs> that likes to burst your bubble sometimes with you know, he'll he'll bring you back down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so and a super good guy. Believe it or not, I've worked with him longer than I've worked with anybody in, in my career. Oh wow. Okay. So we've both worked together for a very long time. I have two more. John Brown. He's a, he's an exceptionally good team player. Oh, I got a better one. Okay. Loyal. John Brown is probably one of the most loyal people. Uh, ride or die. He's a ride or die kind of kind of guy. I love it. If you are on John, if you're on John Brown's side, if he if he if he's a fan of you, uh, I don't care what you do. John Brown is with you forever. I love that kind of guy. So yeah, it's exceptionally ride or die. Matter of fact, we have magnets with stupid words and names up there. <laughs> we have the real magnets so people know who it is. 
but on his on his magnet for a long time it was ride or die and that's <laughs> and that really describes him <laughs> i love that i love that the last one is chase calhoun chase is a good guy he's uh he's somebody that an exceptional interviewer i would say an exceptional detective uh, a really good detective we didn't work with him terribly uh we didn't work with him but i think 3 years i think is how long he was there yeah uh did a lot of exceptionally great work and a very very good interviewer uh and he, and he does a good job right now. He's over in auto theft. Do you happen to know what hair product he uses for like styling? Because it's very quaffed. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I had that problem. I'll tell you right now. I, 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 I lost that. I lost that a long time ago. I, I was convinced when I was younger. I was like, it's from wearing those darn hats. I know it. You know that it caused me to lose my hair. But uh, I wish I. I really do wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has great. My wife is always like, he has great hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, sure. just knock it off. Um, those are all the questions I have for the first round. Are you good to move into the second round, the five for five? I am. I am. Awesome. So like I mentioned before, this is a five for five round. Um, so I have five questions for you. You have the opportunity to ask me five questions and you're the guest. So by all means, I'll let you go first. Well, my first question for you was that if you were to retire today and move anywhere, where would it be and why? Ooh, so I'm retired also. Um, is this like within like realistic means or is this like I have money? I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, no, no, it, I'll tell you what. It could be now, you yeah. know, where if you could move anywhere and you could actually survive, because I don't know that anybody could really afford to do that now. But if you could, <laughs> whether you were retired or not, where would it be and why? Um, I would probably go to, I think I would, I've never been there. So, so this is a leap, uh, but I would probably go to Hawaii. I'm tired of the winters. Chicago winter is terrible. And um and I like I like that Hawaii is a little farther detached from people, right? <laughs> like there are people there, obviously, but you're not in the mainland, sure. so it's harder to get to. Um, obviously, it's Hawaii, so it's amazing. Um, yeah, I think that's where I would go. Plus, they like spam there, don't they? Like the canned spam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the spam thing. I really don't. But uh, I, I definitely am, I'm definitely a fan of their weather. I've never been there. I've heard it's super, super expensive. Yeah. That's why uh, probably the most expensive place to live ever. Yeah. But that's why I couldn't go there. But that's yeah. Um yeah. My first question for you is um and just I think in the if I look think back to like the last 10 years or so, I feel like this genre of like I'm going to say true crime has experienced like a real big surge in popularity, I feel like with the general population. You know, people watch like a lot of a lot of crime shows, you'll see memes talk about them doing it as a way to like relax or decompress at the end of the day, like sometimes even fall asleep. Since that's something that you live every day, what is it that you use to relax or decompress? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I can tell you what I've started doing since about December. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I gained, I, I used to smoke those vapes. Okay. Okay. I, I, I used to be a professional smoker back in way back in the day okay what kind of cigarettes did you smoke black and milds okay you no know, I, I i i mean back before then it was and we're talking years ago yeah i mean i used to smoke marlboros back in the day okay but 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 then from back when it wasn't like you had the plague when you did it it was like pretty much normal everybody was doing it right yeah and, and when, when you could smoke on a plane kind of thing and then from there black and milds and i started that up because when i was working undercover i just i felt more comfortable first of all they didn't think that a cop would smoke so i would smoke black and milds and they were like oh man you smoke blacks yeah you know this guy ain't no cop you know that so they didn't think nothing of it yeah so that's why i kind of smoked him and i and i got hooked on those but then i went to those vapes and and uh i smoked those so i i you know i was relatively thin and then i stopped 
<laughs> okay. About three years ago, and I got acquainted with something that's called food. Yeah, yeah. And then I ballooned up. And so even on the episodes and stuff, I mean, sometimes you get some people that are like, oh my God, what, you know, what's going on there? He's freaking huge. And so from a December, I was like, you know, I read some of that stuff and I get, you know, I, 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 I so from December, I said, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to start working out. And so I work out about three or four times a week. Okay. And, uh, I do that, but I just recently, I recently bought a, I had a motorhome years and years ago and it was a lot of fun for the family and we'd have a good time with it and stuff. So I recently bought a travel trailer. So that's going to be one of my healthy habits just to kind of get my mind off of things. And yeah, you know, as far if you're talking about TV and stuff like that, if that's what you're referring to, then I'll, I'll tell you right now, I kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of, uh, music documentaries and stuff like that. I'm a big fan of music. I wish I should have been in a rock band. Honestly, that would have been <laughs> something I would have really enjoyed, but I just don't know how to play an instrument and I can't sing. That's the problem. <laughs> All right, it's time for your second question for me. All right, I, I, I liked this question. I kind of give this a little bit of thought, and I had somebody <laughs> in mind. But if you could hang out with any, hang out with a superstar, whether they're dead or alive. I mean, so we're talking, they could be, they could have died 20 years ago plus. They could have died way back in the day. Yeah. But any superstar, if you could hang out with any of them, music or actor, uh, who would it be? Music. Um, and and why? Yeah, and I, and I'm sorry if you listen. I got to tell you, I listened to a bunch of your podcasts already because I kind of got I started getting addicted to them. To be honest with you, just just I was I was kind of fascinated with your guests, and and I don't remember hearing that one. So if I ask you a question, I don't think I'm asking you any questions that you've already had. But if I have, then I'm sorry. But it's it's perfectly fine. So who who would that be? Um, okay, I'm gonna have to think for a second. I think it would be fascinating to hang out with Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. Okay. So obviously I appreciate Nirvana and, and like a lot of their music catalog um, because, you know, I was like in middle school and it was like the cool thing to do that like your parents didn't want you listening to at the time. And uh, <laughs> um, but I, I just think like there there's probably so much going on there, you know, and it would be interesting to get a glimpse into that because I, I, I know I've heard you say like I'm just interested in like people and hearing people's stories and like mm -hmm. understanding their lives and things like that. Yeah. And like, wow, you talk about somebody, it would be amazing just to have a couple of hours with with him. I think that would be interesting. You, have, you've seen Soaked in Bleach, right? No, I haven't. Mm -mm. Okay. Well, I, I highly recommend it. It's about his death and the possibilities of a, of a suicide or not. Okay. So it's uh, definitely worth watching. It's a highly rated show. So yeah, that's an interesting, interesting answer. I, I'm a huge Dave Grohl fan. So yeah, uh, I love, I love the Foo Fighters. I think they're, they're one of the best bands out there actually. So all right. they're very good. Very good. My second question for you is what is your favorite article of clothing that you own? Probably the blue pullover that I wear to work. Uh, I wear it. It's, it's in a mother load of episodes. It's, it says homicide on it. It's got my name on it. And the reason why the reason why I say that is because I wear it all the time. I mean, if it's less than 60 degrees outside, I'm usually wearing that. And it's just, it's that perfect weight that, you know, and I'm talking about over the last 13 years, uh, that that's been a real popular thing for me to wear before that, you know, if I had to pick an, an art and you didn't ask me to give you what I would wear back in the day, but I, I can tell you that, <laughs> you know, I had a first, I had first editioned Air Jordans. When they when they came out, oh yeah, and I, my mom my mom said uh, 
she took me to the store and we had a we had a store called Anthony's. Have you ever heard of that? I, you probably never heard of it. Mm-mm, no. And it was one of those stores that they had this like cheap just cheap Home Depot shoes. They were called Fastbacks. It, it it basically they should have just they could have put a label on the side of it that this kid's poor. And <laughs> so <laughs> oh, yeah. Those kind of shoes, you know what I mean? Generic Walmart brand or something. Yep. And so uh Yep, yep, we had those. <laughs> and so my mom says, "Hey, uh we're going to we're going to we're going to get you some of those shoes and they were $100 and $100 back in like the mid 80s was a ton of money. Yeah. And my mom my mom bought them and she goes, "Don't you dare tell your father that I bought these things for you." But they were one of the best <laughs> best shoes I've ever worn in my life. Uh they were great. Yeah. I have one pair of Jordans and I'm like scared to wear them out of the house. Like cuz I bought them recently, um like a couple years ago. But I'm always like, "Oh no, there's like a 10% chance of rain today. Like I can't get them smudged up." So they've been sitting in a box most of the time. I've own them which is stupid yeah for sure i committed to my mother-in-law we were talking about it like on the on the phone uh with my mother-in-law the other day and i was like i'm gonna wear them this summer i don't care i'm getting them out (laughs) (laughs) well uh third question right yeah yeah yep i'm curious you you have a wrestling background for sure i do which is pretty neat and i and i one of the documentaries that came out years ago that i i was just i thought it was fabulous i really did but it was called uh beyond the mat Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are on that documentary. I thought it was great. Um, I remember, I think I actually went to see it maybe in the theater. Um, I think it had like a limited theatrical release. And I believe that I maybe have it on DVD. I thought it was great. Um, At the time, I feel like um, I know Mankind is heavily, or Mick Foley, who played Mankind at the time, was heavily featured in that. Um, Yeah, I thought it was a great movie. I think, you know, at wrestling, it's, it's hard to describe to people that aren't like that don't love it. Um, and it's, uh, I think it did a nice job of sort of bringing some of the, the realist, it brought the realism out. It's kind of good and kind of depressing, but it's really a, a, a really, I, I wonder if Jake, the snake really knew what was going to be yeah. publicized about his life, honestly. And some of those other guys really, cause I, I know that, well, Mick Foley, I think that he even made a reference to it at another documentary. I think it was another documentary that he was involved in. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know he did. It was in that deal. It was recent on A&E. Yeah. Where where he said something about well I just I just didn't realize I think it was when he was wrestling and his kids were watching him just get freaking pummeled up there yeah because uh, he did a lot of that stuff that was just over the top crazy you know yep. which you know that's the stuff you want to watch I mean come on but but it was just where he's watching his kids on TV just being essentially traumatized by what they're watching and. I think he might have had a little bit of regrets yeah. from from doing that, but he seems like a really down to earth guy of of all the but you know he seems like he's he's one of the few athletes like that 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 really kind of prepared for being you know not blowing his money and actually being smart about it. So it's good to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, um, I've met him on a couple of different occasions, and he is incredibly kind and funny. Um, kind of quiet. Actually, like I think he opens up some in interviews and stuff, but like in in like a social setting, he's he's pretty quiet and sure. reserved. But yeah, I think you're right, and I think like for him at the time, especially trying to be in at the time, like you kind of had to be at WWF WWE. I can't remember when the name change happened. Um, that's kind of really how you made your money, and he didn't have what I would call the physique that like WWE went after, and so I think he did a lot of that kind of stuff to like over compensate, right? Like to secure his spot. Um, because he would do the things like you were talking about where he was just getting destroyed with like chairs or getting thrown off of a cage. And it's like, Jesus, what he did was insane. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that he didn't get really hurt. So absolutely. I mean, at least, and maybe, maybe he did. And, you know, honestly, I think he's probably got some serious 
there's no doubt that he's got some things that he's dealing with because of that to this day. A hundred percent. It's just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. My third question for you is, what's a conspiracy theory that you believe could be true? I love this question. I've, a couple of people have asked me this, and I think it's it's fascinating. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I, I think that there's a real chance that there was some uh, – I, I kind of go back to the Marilyn Monroe murder case. I, I, I say murder. I, I'm going to go back to Marilyn Monroe and her death. I think there okay. was a lot of – I think of two deaths that, that kind of jumped to my mind. Marilyn Monroe is a case that that most of your listeners now are going to be like probably have no idea what's what's up with that. <laughs> but but basically she she was like a drug overdose, if memory serves. And she had had a an affair with JFK at the time, and or at least that was suspected. And and there was a lot of there's a possibility that maybe she just knew too much, and maybe she was going to talk or who knows what. But that's one of them that I think that there might be some shady stuff going on there and then and and I and I'll even go out on a limb and since you've mentioned Kurt Cobain man I you know when you watch that when you watch that soaked in bleach and I think if you take the time to watch that and you'll see what I'm saying is that there's there's a lot of interesting parts to that that actually to me and, and when you look at the crime scene photos and stuff and and of course that documentary is geared towards the def- it's geared towards whatever they're wanting you to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's probably stuff that I don't get to see, but but based on what I'm seeing, that would be an interesting case that I would really like to to go up to the Seattle Police Department or when, I think it's up near Seattle if it's not Seattle and and just look through that book and and I think that he had he had a level of heroin in his system that that it would have been like you know three horses and six people. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and yet he was still able to pull that trigger on that gun. It's a little bit, uh, I question that a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, those are two that just come off the top of my head. I'm sure that when we get off of here today, I'm going to go, Boy, <laughs> oh my gosh, I should have said this, <laughs> you know, but those are the two that just really come to mind that are kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, those are great answers. All right. So the, <laughs> I think, is it my, is it my turn? I yeah. Think it is. Yeah. Question four. Yep. Okay, uh, for number four, who has been your most interesting guest that you've had on the show, and and really why? You've had a lot of different ones. I mean, from from your yeah. high school teacher. I mean, that that's that, actually I thought when 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 I when I pulled that up, I thought, oh, this is going to be kind of boring. He actually was a good guest. He's legit. He was. Great. He's legit. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's great. Um, man. Okay, I have to think. Fascinating guest is probably. Abby Lee Miller from Dance Moms. <laughs> uh, so she she was a uh, she was a dance teacher for a dance studio in Pittsburgh um, that got turned into a reality show called Dance Moms. Um, it was hugely successful on Lifetime, and then she was um, convicted of some sort of f- uh, financial fraud and went to prison, and then was. Re- release maybe not prison she went to jail she was released early because they discovered that she had a form of cancer um and so she like lost the ability to walk and stuff like she just has oh my gosh <laughs> there's so many things you know um and she is a very big personality so yeah um I, the one thing i will say about that if people want to go back and listen to it is I lost control of that interview. I don't think, and I think anybody that knows her and has seen Dance Moms will will know that it's probably hard to control Abby Lee Miller. But uh, yeah, she just like ran ran it. No kidding. I'll I'll check yeah. that one out. But because usually, I've been surprised. I don't know how many of yours that I've listened to, 
every time I sit there and I've listened to one, I'm like, oh, wait, I've heard that one. I've heard that one. I've heard that one. You know, because <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm looking through your list of people. But that was, that was uh, and even the, even the guy that was the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds mascot, I mean, that was kind of interesting hearing about the mascot situation. I mean, how 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 cool of a gig yeah. would that be? You know what I mean? Although so, so cool. <laughs> I don't know if, you know, it's a cool job that you don't want to give up, but it's gotta be miserable being in that suit all the time. My yeah. goodness. I can't imagine. I can't. <laughs> and I'm sure Tulsa is hotter even than here oh, than Cincinnati, but humid. yeah, it gets muggy as hell in Cincinnati in the summer. For sure. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Since you're coming in July, you'll get a feel for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say Abby Miller is probably the most fascinating interview um, she's a fascinating person in general. So I wrote her name down. Um, I'm going to listen. It was, I was, I was very, very lucky that she agreed to come on cause she doesn't really do huh. a lot of things like that. I have no idea why she said yes, but I was happy that she was here. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> um, my fourth question for you is you said you're a big music fan and, um, what's an album that spoke to you as a teenager and how do you feel about it now? Well, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to go a little earlier than, than T. Okay. I mean, just a little bit earlier. Yeah. Cause I'll probably have to throw out a couple of albums, but okay. the, the one that was probably the one that just fascinated me more than any other album was kiss alive. <laughs> I know a lot of people can't stand kiss or whatever. I I'll tell you what, <laughs> that kiss alive album was, uh, you know, nobody knew what they looked like. Back then, and we're talking about yeah. in the mid seventies, and I just remember that it was a fold out album, super cool. Each each guy had basically you know written something out, and uh, I think back then my favorite guy in the band was probably Peter Chris, the drummer, and and now and that probably evolved into Gene Simmons a little bit until you know you you learn more about these guys as you as you grow up, and then you kind of see the shenanigans and just kind of how they really are and then i've kind of i've kind of morphed into I, I think i'm an ace freely fan now even though he sucks as a singer but I, I don't think he's a very good singer but the interesting thing about him and i've watched a lot of those things on on the uh youtube videos with him like doing interviews and stuff and he just first of all he's self-taught he never he never had any guitar lessons and and it's fascinating it, it really is if you think about it that that yeah. here this guy was able to uh teach himself and he's really if you take the group he's kind of like to me he's kind of like the real he's like a real rock star mm -hmm. <laughs> he did it all the drinking the, <laughs> the 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 not maybe not the women like like gene simmons of course <laughs> but they were just they were a mystery growing up nobody could ever nobody knew what they looked like so i remember in 19 i think it was 1982 or 84 or something like that when i think it was probably 82 when the Lick It Up album came out where they were, they, they didn't have the makeup on. Mm -hmm. And I was really disappointed that Vinnie Vincent was on that thing because I was like, I don't care about him. I want to see what everybody looks like in this band. So when that first thing came out, <laughs> you know, of course, I'm going down to the store to, I want to see what these guys really look like. That was the first time I'd ever got a glimpse of them. So that album, I still listen to it to this day, honestly. If, if you were talking uh, like in like in high school, Probably Journey. I, I was a huge Journey fan too. I just think they're uh, okay, incredible. But yeah, I mean, I love music all the way, all the way. I mean, I love all kinds of music. I'm just a big fan you think, of it. And both of those hold up for you still. You still listen to both? I know you said yes to Kiss. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I I mean I I I do. I mean I'm I'm I'm. I'll tell you what. I'm disappointed that the kit that Kiss didn't uh, have the originals 
all on tour with him. I think that's kind of a raw deal, but it is what it is. That's why I didn't go see him. I was like, screw it. I'm not going. I, I'm I don't, yeah. I'm just not going to do it. But uh, I have seen them before, yeah. and they were freaking amazing. And I don't know. I made it to front row one time. I, I, this is before I was a cop. I'm lucky I didn't go to jail on that, to be honest with you. I don't know how the heck that even happened. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, anyway, I've made it. I, I made it to the point where I had I, Ace Freely is up on the stage, and I and I, I probably had I was so close, man, that I I probably got beads of sweat hitting me as I was on the front <laughs> row, and I was I was in heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, of course, of course. <laughs> That's the I love that answer. <laughs> uh, it's time for your fifth question for me. Okay, so uh, in reference to the first forty-eight. Okay. Yeah. Tulsa's Tulsa was the twenty-second city profiled on that program by the way so if you didn't know that so i think we've had mm-hmm. man there's probably been 25 24 or 25 cities roughly of all of the cities this is kind of a combo question it's kind of, it's it's uh, uh, two questions in this sure who's your favorite city out of all of the 22 cities with all of the detectives and Aside from that, and it doesn't have to necessarily be the same city, and you certainly don't have to say Tulsa just because I'm sitting here in front of you, <laughs> but what city was your favorite, and of all of the episodes, and we're coming up, we're coming up on, I think we're coming up on the 500th episode, if I'm not mistaken, what was your favorite episode of all of them? All right. <laughs> so, and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here. Tulsa is our favorite. Um, I think, again, I, I think for us, there's a couple of pieces to that. It, it is nice that a lot of the cases do get solved. Um, and so it gives you sort of like closure. I think that that's, I, we like that, but it's gotten to the point like where, when we turn it on, if it's like, if it's playing, um, like if we're not watching it on demand, like if we're catching it, like while it's actually broadcasting, mm-hmm. um, Liz will be like, mm, like, it's not Tulsa. I don't want to watch it. Um, so, so that's how it is. That's how it rolls in our house. So yes, you, uh, the Tulsa crew and the city is our favorite. We actually have talked about coming to Tulsa. Just if you do, we've I'll, never been. Well, if you do, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll personally give you a tour through the office, and I and I do that all the time. I'm kind of, I'm kind of the tour guide there. So so. Oh my god! And I really am. I and I'm not just saying that. Believe me, it was the unofficial slash official, but I'm, I'm I think I've kind of morphed into the official tour guide of the station. <laughs> so I'll be happy to do that for you. But but so why? What what is it about Tulsa? Because I mean, I work here, so I I live it. But yeah, what is it about Tulsa? Because I've been a fan of the show too since two thousand and four. Yeah, what what is it about Tulsa specifically that that makes it your favorite city? Yeah, I I do think because I because we like to watch like the collaboration and like people working together. It's just a whole different approach to like um than what you see in some of the other cities that we've watched. And we've watched like. I want to say like some of the cities that we've seen a lot of would be like New Orleans, Atlanta. Yeah. We used to watch Cincinnati back in the day because Liz knew some of the detectives there. Yeah. Um, Louisville. But um, but I feel like the collaboration and like teamwork. And then I think because that because of that and like when you watch, um, you just start getting attached to the people too. So like not, you know, it can be like it can be a case. That, this sounds terrible because it's somebody's life. But and I don't mean it this it, to sound lightly. It can be a case that's like not that exciting or thrilling. Um, like the case itself, but you still are like into it because you're into the crew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think for us, that's it. My wife likes actually, <laughs> she says, she says that you get a sparkle in your eye when you're like in a pursuit. Um, <laughs> like, right. Like there was one episode that we watched a couple weeks ago 
and I can't remember exactly what it was, but you were like hot on this guy. And she was like, look, look how fucking exciting. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> look how excited he's getting. Like, you know, it's <laughs> she's like, he literally has like a sparkle in his wow. eye because it's, you know, it's like coming down to this moment of adrenaline. Um, I wish you could remember the case. Yeah. You know, I have a really bad memory also. I should tell you that. And that's why when I tell you this, you're probably going to know which episode it is because of the mere fact that it was like a two part. like. Oh two-hour episode Courtney Palmer do you know what I'm talking about yeah it's the guy it's the okay. kid that we ended up finding in the uh in Muskogee yeah yes he was basically they thought they were going to feed him feed him to pigs and stuff which by the way a little behind the scenes note to that they actually were going to do that <laughs> uh they the the suspects uh they went to this house down in Muskogee which is about an hour or so from Tulsa and they have these hogs down there, and I'm not kidding you, man. These things are the biggest freaking pigs I've ever seen in my life. We went down there, and let me put it, th- I would not want to be put in that that pig pen with these things. These things, I saw forks that were half-eaten in this thing, in plates. Wow. And and uh, they were literally huge at about, I, I'm trying to describe this thing, but it, it doesn't really do it justice, but not your normal size pig. These things are hogs on steroids. And they went to this house of somebody that was related to one of the suspects, and they knocked on the door, and nobody was there. And so, uh, thankfully, thankful because we would have probably never found him, to be honest with you. But thankfully, they ended up going over to this place where where he lived before that. And I'm talking about the suspect. And so, what do they do? Because and how I know this is because the female finally came around and started telling us the story. And she uh, she was the devil. I mean, really, she was an evil woman. But uh, of course, when I met her after she was off the drugs and stuff, she was a little bit more likable. But sure. she she tells me then at that point, she goes, uh, yeah, so, you know, we went over there and, and then we went ahead and had sex. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Wait a second. So you guys had sex with the, wait, with this body in the truck? Or where was this body out where you were doing? Well, you know, we, you know, we put it, you know, we put it outside. But okay. You know. <laughs> oh, wow. You just deal with some crazy, crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that, that was probably the episode that you're referring to. I tell this to people a lot, is, is if you were to take a mathematical equation, like a fraction, and if people are like, what's it like, you know, and what are these cases all about? And if I was to give you a picture of a fraction showing you murder, the common denominator, which is the number that's down below, it's not going to be a number. It's just going to say stupid, because that's usually <laughs> what these cases are about. I mean, we are... We're dealing with a we're dealing with a situation right now that's a serial murder case, and and I can't think of another case that we've had that's that's like that in my time in this unit. I mean, I, I I've dealt with gangster serial killers, but they're not like serial killers to the sense of evil killing of women kind of deal. We're talking about just guys that get dissed and they're out shooting a rival gang member, and they've by definition they might be construed as a serial killer per se. But I mean, you just deal with some really stupid people. Uh, mm-hmm. that that do stupid things, and it it kind of makes you sick when you think about it. And some of these guys, I, I'll, I mean, I'm kind of one of the few that probably will admit this, but some of these killers, I mean, they're kind of likable. Some of them, some of them are. You're just like, man, I mean, what were you thinking? You just totally trashed your life for nothing, and uh, right. it makes you wonder what where where there are some segments of society that are really broken. Sad said my last question for you i just did like a newscaster pivot where i was like this is really sad now i'm gonna come and ask you a weird not <laughs> well i'm glad you are no listen i don't want it to be i don't want us to end on a sad note that's terrible uh, everybody's gonna be like yeah man I, I enjoyed that but golly i walked away and i freaking depressed feeling depressed <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> um, so my last question for you is what is something that's a very irrational fear that you have? I'll, I'll tell you what, when my doorbell rings in the daytime, when I used to work nights and my, my doorbell would ring, I was immediately going for my gun. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that it has something to do with what I do. I mean, I, there's just no doubt being a cop and stuff. I'm always, if, if somebody knocks on my door, or rings my doorbell, I am like, who in the world they shouldn't be doing that. I mean, I literally am always just kind of, where's my gun? <laughs> and it's probably, listen, it's nothing. You know, I've never had any issue with it being anybody, but uh, yeah, it has to do with, it, it, I'm like, listen, if it happens in the daytime, I literally am waiting for moments in any second, my door's about ready to get kicked in. <laughs> and that is not oh, wow. the normal person that, that, that's just me personally. Yeah. I, I, we knock on people's doors all the time, you know, and I, and I know that when people see us walking up, right. if they've gotten wind that one of their relatives may have been dead, I mean, they see us pulling up, they immediately associate us with death. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm kind of surprised that doesn't happen more often when we're just following up on stuff. I, 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 I guarantee you, <laughs> I don't want to know how many guns are right behind that door when we're knocking on somebody's door at two o'clock in the morning. I guarantee you. Yeah. It's a lot. You know, and, and we do that all the time. We do it all the time without even thinking about it. That's why I'm usually shining a flashlight on my body mm-hmm. going, hey, we're the cops, you know, but uh, just people coming to my door. My mind is always going to something completely different when my doorbell rings or somebody's knocking. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's I that's a great answer. It's and I understand. I relate to it so well. <laughs> um, all right, we'll move on to the fast friends fortune teller. All right. So I don't know if you're familiar with these like paper fortune tellers. I am. The, this this this. Okay. Um, so I'll ask you a series of questions. For all of these questions, assume that you and I are on a road trip together. Um, the first question is: If I ask you to start a boy band playlist. <laughs> Um, would you pick the first song from In Sync, 98 Degrees, Backstreet Boys, or One Direction? Okay. So last night, <laughs> I knew that this question was coming. So last night, I, I, I had to force myself. You know, I've got a bad memory, too. And as much as I love music, <laughs> I had to sit there and I went through I went through the greatest hits of each one of these bands just to see okay. which one which one I really liked. Because I wanted to give you an honest answer. I love this. And I'm going to have to say In Sync. I really am. I okay. and 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 I, I don't know that you're going to agree with that or not. But when I was going through that, I was like, you know, those are those are kind of. I think I like those songs the most. I those are the ones that I just remember that were really just incredibly. They're all good. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I like them all. Yeah, me too. But and I like songs from every one of them. But but if I had to choose, I I, I think I'm going to have to go with In Sync. I, uh, I I couldn't tell you a name of anybody in the band, but I I, I like them. <laughs> that's where Justin Timberlake came from. That's right. Okay, that's right. But I I did I did like them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, for, so you're definitely not going to offend me. I like all four of them. Um, I say that 98 Degrees is my favorite boy band, but I would say that Sync is the best boy band. Okay. So okay. I'm, I'm with you on that. Good. <laughs> um, and 98 Degrees is from Cincinnati. Really? So. I did not know yeah. that. Oh, cause that, okay. Yeah, so you mentioned, that, yeah. you mentioned, you met one of his brothers or, or one of the brothers or something like that, or was he in the band? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I met Drew. Yeah. They used to have a restaurant here. I don't know if I said this on the thing or not, but like I got a picture with him and I made my wife stand on the end so that I could crop her out. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> she loved it. <laughs> um, we stop at a gas station to get snacks. Out of these four snacks, would you pick Cheez-Its, Corn Nuts, Milk Duds, or Sour Patch Kids? Corn Nuts all day long. Heck yeah. Do you have a, a special or a favorite flavor? I like original and I like ranch. I like barbecue too, but if I had to pick between the three, probably original. Okay. I, I grew up, my, my dad had those when I was growing up, so I, I just like them. Yeah, I like them too. 
All right. The last is we stop at an exit further down the road and we're going through a drive through. Would you pick from these four McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's or Arby's? McDonald's. I used to work there. McDonald's. I'll tell you the one sandwich. I should ask you this. What's the one sandwich that you'd like to have returned from McDonald's? If you know. Ret- oh, like brought back. Yeah. Um, I got to think. Because I don't want to give you a wrong answer. What What was the one called where you would like? Oh, you're gonna say it. I, no, that's exactly the McDLT. That's right. That's that's the one that I <laughs> yeah. love. But they can't really do it because they don't do styrofoam. <laughs> right. Yeah. Correct. Because it was at a styrofoam deal where the cold was on one side and the hot was on the other. And you know what was weird about it is yeah, there wasn't anything really special about it. It just but it tasted good. It was great. Yeah. And when I worked there, yeah. I actually loved those. Um, I did know that you worked at McDonald's and one of my, I was going to ask you, so I'll just ask you now, if, is, uh, is there something that you refuse to eat there? Because when you were there, you're like, oh, I would never eat that. Cheddar melt. I couldn't stand them. The, the cheddar melt. Okay. It had a funky, the, the bread, that rye bread. I hated the smell of that. Okay. And when I would make them back there, see back then we actually used to make the sandwiches. I, I don't, I think that they're already, I don't know how they do it now, but I know that they throw those sandwiches in microwaves. I think I could be completely wrong. I heard that, but, uh, I hated that, but I will, I will tell you this. I never touched the filet, filet of fish, the filet sandwich, fish filet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never would eat one of those when I worked there. <laughs> and then finally, finally, my wife, and I'm, I'm talking, we're talking 25 years after working at McDonald's, I still would not eat one and for no reason. It was just no reason at all. I just didn't, I was like, nobody ever ordered those, by the way. They hardly ever ordered those. Yeah. It's probably one of the least popular sandwiches yeah. ever. And so uh, I finally tried one, and believe it or not, I actually, I like them. They're all right. My favorite yeah. sandwich is probably the Big Mac, honestly. But oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of a little known fact. I'm kind of I'm kind of cheap, so everybody at work is uh, they're constantly you know I'm always bargain hunting. Okay, <laughs> I don't like paying full price for anything. <laughs> And so I respect that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if it's not on sale, I'm not usually buying <laughs> a Big Mac, but it's probably my favorite out of the group. But I like big I like McDonald's. That's just such an easy go to. It is. It is. Um, and I feel like it, the consistency is great. You know, so as as a bargain hunter, do you have the McDonald's app downloaded? No, I don't. And uh, but I, but I'll tell you what, the bargain hunting that I really kind of like is is uh they laugh at me in the office all the time because I I've literally like bought like a clearance suit at like Joseph A Banks for like $70 and the thing gets sent to me in a bag a vacuum sealed bag or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and or I've bought I've bought pants at Dillard's and stuff like clearance pants and they're like $5 did you you probably didn't realize this you're going to walk away with something and so are your your listeners I didn't realize that Dillard's has like clearance centers all throughout the country hell yeah they do and I, the, the whole st- the whole store is literally clearance. Yeah. And they had one here in Oklahoma, probably about 45 minutes up the road from us. And I went in there and I bought like, I think I bought 13 pairs of pants. And I mean, it was just insane. I was buying shirts, $5 each. You know, these things are dress shirts. Yeah. These things are normally like 50 or $60 each. They last. They're so much better. I don't hate to throw down. A, I don't want to mention a company that they're not as good as. Or that isn't as good because you may get a sponsor from them one day, and I don't want to. Oh yeah, you know. But 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 basically, uh, you know, I'm, I kind of like getting getting deals. Yeah. You know. I anyway, so everybody in the office, that's one of the things that there was like, well, okay, what kind of screaming deal did you get this time? And uh, I was walking. One last thing, I'll tell you. One of the deals that I just I'm so proud of, and I and I talk about this at work all the time. There was uh, 
one of those Intex pools, and this is pre-COVID, right? Okay. Because I mean, COVID after COVID, they're stupid prices. <laughs> but but I was walking through Walmart, and I was like, "Hey, where's the pools?" And I thought I just got a, I just got a wild hair that I'm going to go buy a pool for, for if they had one on clearance at the end of the year, you know. And so I was walking through there, and the girl goes, "Oh, if they had one, you know, it's up at the front of the store." And so I I, I go up to the front of the store, and they had two of them there were at the front of the store, and they were like 18 foot across and four foot deep, and there were Intex pools and and they said $150 on them clearance each. So I meet one of them looked like it had fallen off the back of a semi truck in the box, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the other one was in a pristine box. So I'm standing there and I'm I've got my hands on this box. I mean this box is mine. I'm not leaving this spot to even get an attendant. I'm literally standing there for 30 minutes waiting for an attendant. This thing weighs like 300 pounds. I can't do anything with this thing. So I'm standing there with my hand on this box. I've already taken the clearance thing off so nobody sees it. I'm I'm waiting. I can't move because if I do this, these are gone. I call up Ronnie Leatherman. I said, "Hey, listen, dude, I'm over here. I've got I've got two pools. <laughs> I'm getting one of them. Do you want the other one? I should have bought them both. To tell you the truth, the truth be known, I should have bought the other one as a spare. But I bought the one, and then I told him, I said, "Hey, do you want this this other one? He's like, "No, no, no, no. It's too much fun for the kids. No, no." I'm <laughs> and, and Nathan Schilling was about super pissed because he's like, why didn't you call me? You know, I, and I didn't think about him. I thought there's no way in the world he would want it. So I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a bargain hunter on the side, literally. <laughs> I love that. So anyway. 100, 150 bucks for a pool. $150. Yes. Yeah. I told him at the office, I said, listen, they filed a police report on me when I walked out of there. That's how good of a deal this was. <laughs> That's because I stole. I stole this thing. Literally, yeah. <laughs> you're never going to top that one. <laughs> well, I keep. I keep trying. Believe me. Yeah. You. Uh. In in seriousness, you should download the McDonald's app. They have amazing deals in there. Um. You have to like sign up for an account and stuff, but all you do is like you don't even have to put a card in. Like you just it's just tied to an email address. But they'll have like deals. Like right now, you can use once a day. You get like one dollar large fries. You can use it every I did single not day. Know that. Yeah. It's I did amazing. not know that. I will. I will definitely do that for sure. <laughs> they'll I have will. Like, they'll have like Big Macs that are like buy one get one for a quarter or something like that. You know, it's just like so. It's that is awesome. Yeah, that is a good deal. <laughs> Underneath uh, McDonald's this week, I have multiple fortune tellers. This one has uh, Never Have I Ever the card game. So I have. I'll just pull five cards at random uh, and say Never Have I Ever, and then what read what's on the card, and you and I will talk about whether we've done it or not. Okay. I hope my mom doesn't listen to some of these. Um, never have I ever made a dangerous turn on the road because Waze told me to. Or like Google Maps, I guess, too. Yeah, same thing. A dangerous turn. Is that yeah. you or is it me? It's both of us. You know, I've never used Waze. I've heard about it. I've never used it. I've I've made many a dangerous turns on the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of your job description, yeah. though. It is. I'll tell. You, there's a couple of guys that I that are in our unit. Ronnie Leatherman being Ronnie Leatherman being one of them. I can't stand driving. I mean, what riding with him is like an e-ticket at Disneyland, and and <laughs> it's just it's just a scary. There's another guy that's even worse. But uh, I'm usually the driver because I'm pretty pretty safe. But I have yeah. made a, a dangerous turn or two for sure. I have made a dangerous turn because like what Waze will do is out of nowhere, it'll automatically, it tries to like constantly recalculate the fat, like the best route, yeah. the most optimal route. So out of nowhere, it'll be like in 600 feet turn, you know, and I'm like on the highway and I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So then I freak the hell out, but I have done that before. 
Never have I ever used a slip and slide as an adult. <laughs> well, I've definitely I've definitely used one for sure. They're super fun. As like a slip and slide? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have not. Really? I have not. Not as an adult. Yeah. I think I've got one in my garage, to tell you the truth, for real. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to make that one um put it on my summer summer list. For sure. I want one of those bulls. Those uh those uh Intex <laughs> bulls. That uh, if you know what I'm talking about, they're like a bucking uh-uh. bull that you could buy. You can't even find them anymore. They're they're probably out of production. But they they were one of those that were in Walmart that you're like, yeah, that looks really cool. I should probably buy that, but you never do. And then all of a sudden they're gone and you can't find them. But yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> never have I ever served a meal that gave people food poisoning. <laughs> I have not done that. No, I've never done that either. <laughs> I haven't. I have an epic story about that happening, but not. I was not the server. Me too. Where I was literally when I was a kid, I was uh, we almost died from. Oh uh, God! My dad, my dad used to like to add stuff to the to the frozen pizzas, and <laughs> it wasn't a good idea. And I mean, I, literally, we were on the bathroom floor for like three days. Oh my and gosh! It's, if my brother had eaten it, we he probably would have died. Wow! But uh, it was horrible. It was a, it was called a Mama Celeste pizza, which I will never eat again in my lifetime. Yeah. Even to this day, but uh, yeah. No, I've never done that, thank heavens. Yeah, me never either. Give her... <laughs> never have I ever pretended not... Oh, God. Pretended not to see an elderly person so I wouldn't have to give up my seat. Okay. <laughs> in my defense, <laughs> this is on the CTA in Chicago. And the only time that I've ever done this is when the, the, the bus or train is so packed that there's no way to get up and move out of the way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Otherwise... I, mean, I don't work... <laughs> Otherwise, I would do it. But like, yeah, there have been a couple of times where I'll like avoid eye contact. Like, oh, no, no, no. Nope. There's no way that this is happening right now. <laughs> well, no, it has never happened to me. But I don't I don't really, you know, if I had a, if I lived in a city like that, what is what is CTA? Is that like a subway? Um, Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it's like an elevated train and then underground train and then the buses as well. They're all like part of okay. the CTA transit authority or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I've never done that. Maybe I have, but if I did, it would have been a much younger. In today's day and age, I probably would have, I'd probably uh, be kind. And I've become a lot nicer in my old age, honestly. I'm just more <laughs> laid back. I really am. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to caveat. I'm not an asshole all the time. But if it's too, <laughs> if it's going to be too hard, then yeah, I, I have like not given my seat up. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> the last one is never have I ever pawned something <laughs> at a pawn shop. No, I never have. I, I, I actually have never, ever pawned anything. I know that my parents did many, many times to get us Christmas gifts. Yeah. Uh, growing, growing up, we were we were just straight broke growing up. Yeah. So thankful to them to, to do that, but I've never done that, actually. Yeah. Never. I don't think I've actually pawned something. I have bought something at the pawn shop before. I've, I've been, you know... I'm sure I've bought something at the pawn shop. It's, uh, you know, I go in them from time to time just because of my job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I if I told you that I wasn't, my eyes weren't scanning while I'm walking in there, you'd be crazy. You know what I mean? I, I'm you love a deal. <laughs> I love a deal. You know, I, I don't remember ever going, hey, let me, I'll tell you what, now that we've talked about this and you've given me what I needed in reference to that, what's the price on that? You know, I, I, I don't think that I've ever really done that, but. <laughs> but I have looked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> those so are anyway. all, those are all the never have I ever questions. Those weren't too bad. Sometimes they can no. be a little scandalous. Uh, <laughs> so this is the moment, Jason, that we've been building to. This is the friend request. This is where uh, everything comes down to this moment. In the vein of Facebook, um, Jason White, Logan Cummins has sent you a friend request. Based on our time that we spent together, would you confirm or delete the friend request? Oh, let's see, man. I'll tell you, I don't really have any non-cop friends, but of <laughs> course I would. Of course I would accept you as a, as yes. a friend. And I and I and I really do encourage that you reach out and and uh, you know send me a friend request anyway yeah. um, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and I will certainly uh, I will certainly accept and follow you back. Um, speaking of your Twitter, Instagram, etc., do you want to tell people where they can follow you and and keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, they, uh, I, I try to interact with, you know, when, when people message me all the time, I try to, I'm not one of those guys that, uh, that never responds and that's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. It kind of drives me nuts that some of these guys don't respond, but, uh, I'm on, I'm on Twitter at detective or it's basically at D E T Jason white. And I think that's still the handle for Instagram. And, and of course, uh, I'm certainly on Facebook. I'm easy to find. I'm, I'm a, I'm, you know, listen, I'm accessible. And I communicate with people that watch the show all the time, and and uh, it's it's kind of fun. And and like I said, uh, you know, if you're a wacko, no need to apply. But if you're just a, most of my Twitter followers, believe it or not, on Twitter, you know, there's a lot of weirdos on there. But most of my followers are are, are they're part of the team, <laughs> yeah. and they're yeah. good people, and and they're fun, and they're very supportive of what we do and stuff. And it's just a lot of good time. So I, hey, look me up. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, follow me. Just don't knock on his door. <laughs> yeah, hey, my my father in law did that years ago. He he's he's deceased now, but he fought years ago. He he knocked on my door. I came to the door with a gun, and I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> why did why did you tell me you're coming over?" He's like, "Holy cow, are you expecting somebody different?" I'm like, "Listen, it's in the daytime. That's when burglaries happen. Come on." <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing, Logan. Listen, man, it was a pleasure pleasure meeting you. Really. No, the pleasure is literally all mine. <laughs> Thanks for the honor. I really do. I'm honored that I'm honored that you asked me, and and uh, and seriously, I I feel I, I really do feel honored that you actually reached out to me and and allowed me this opportunity. And maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do this again. And if you ever have an in person podcast, maybe we can do it in person in the future. And if I'm ever up in Chicago, I'll give you a shout. And yeah, uh, do. And like I said, it was great to meet you. Seriously, I had Absolutely. a great time. And know that you have a fan here i'm going to continue to listen to your podcast because i'm kind of hooked on them now so <laughs> thank you so I'll be, much <laughs> I'll, i listen to him coming home and 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 going to work and coming home or if i'm out traveling and stuff it's just kind of an enjoyable an enjoyable experience so uh keep up the good work thank you i i appreciate that that's very very kind of you <laughs> have a great day jason all right take care you too logan Bye-bye. you too thanks for listening to the fast friends podcast don't forget to join us next week for an all-new episode Go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter at Logan Cummins. And if you have a suggestion on someone that I should be friends with, go ahead and let me know at fastfriendspodcast.com.